Hello and welcome to the Saturday Down South podcast. He is Chris Marler. I am Connor Guerra. Marler, it is casual Friday time. You, my friend, are not at 100%. This could be your Jordan flu game. <laughs> this could be my Jordan flu game. I don't know what's going on. There's something in the back of my head. I don't know. It's a brain, Marler. It's a brain. It's it, there. Yeah, but it, there's, like, there's like this weird pain in the back of my head, like behind my ear. I don't know. I got to go to the doctor and get it figured out. But yeah, you guys might... You guys might get me today, and then we're going to find out like, a few weeks later I have to have like, a brain transplant? Sure. <laughs> Let's go with it. Anyway. We do have Stump Marler today. Unfortunately, our buddy Jay Woody is on vacation, so I am flying solo today. And that is going to be terrifying in itself because I've never hosted a podcast before. This is my very first time, so this is going to be very new for me. Patience uh, to all of our listeners on that. No, it'll, it'll be fine. But um, yeah, we do have questions that we started to get into last week. And then with our issues that we had recording, oh my gosh. Uh, we had, like I said last week, I think six or seven different issues with recording Stump Marler. So we're going to circle back to a couple of those. we got a few new questions in there as well. So we're going to get to that. We have a fourth and wrong devoted entirely to golf, which some people understood and some people did not. They just see the words fourth and wrong and they decide to ask whatever question, which, all right, that's cool. Just know that we're, we're going to try to stick to golf unless your question yeah, is incredible. I, there was one person in particular, and I'm going to call him out right now. Um, where, where'd it go? Where'd it go? There's a lot of questions. John Paul Williams, I appreciate being in the group. I appreciate you listening to the podcast. If you do, all that kind of stuff. Yes, thank you. But the long-range shooting, it's like golf, but for men. Want to throw out the point right now that um, Jenny Bolton, one of our fearless leaders in the SCS pod, uh, she shoots competitively, including long-range shooting, and she's won several trophies. So there's that. It could be for men and women. Uh, Anyway, back to golf. She can shoot way better than I can. That is for darn sure. Dude, have you you ever been shooting? Yes. Okay. So I don't like guns because I got shot. (laughs) But I also didn't know. So, like, when when I was in college i went to this like dude ranch for basically this girl i dated at the time her dad was like i want to take you out of this thing it's through you ever read the book wild at heart no okay i feel like you would like it but it was like at the time for me i, I was like oh this is a great book we should i want to i want to go do wilderness stuff and it was like no you don't chris no you don't you idiot. like it was like to impress this girl basically and so we went to colorado to this dude ranch and we were getting out there and uh and we did this shooting competition, and I, I was shooting like right-handed, right? Like so, I'm pulling the trigger finger in my right hand, but I can't wink my left eye. Oh, that's not good. I can only wink my right eye. So I'm like, I've got my like one eye closed, and I can't see. Everything's off by a lot. And so we're playing this game <clears throat> where it's like, all right, they shoot a, like a skeet target, and then someone tries to shoot it, and then you try to shoot like the piece that they broke, or if they miss, you try to shoot it. And, and, and it was like gotcha, but with guns. It was way more dangerous. And I didn't find out until the very end of that round that I was supposed to be shooting left-handed the whole time. Mm. That's how I had to shoot a gun. Lefties so. have more fun. That's what I always say. That's not, No one ever said that, but yes, that's fair. As okay. people will find out today, I golf lefty. Before yeah. we get really? to... Uh, yes, I do golf lefty. We will get to that in a minute. Um, okay, so this, this came out, and it's Casual Friday, so we can talk about whatever the heck we want. This came yeah. out earlier today, a few hours ago, and if this has already been confirmed by the time that people are listening to it, or if this is just a rumor that the internet ran amok with, I don't know, but we are recording this right now, and as of right now, 
There are rumors that JT Daniels, the USC transfer quarterback, the former five-star quarterback, Gatorade Player of the Year in 2017, is going to Georgia of all places. And I, I'm looking at it on Twitter right now, Connor, and they there's somebody that says, JT Daniels is UGA confirmed via the Georgia Student Directory. It, they have an email, jonathan.daniels at uga.edu. I, hey, that's, take that for what it is. At this point, nothing is officially confirmed from legitimate news sources. So we are talking about this like it is speculation, but I still think it is a, a relevant topic to talk about. And I don't just say that because I currently have an, you know, a column sitting there in the drafts that's waiting to hit publish basically when this becomes official. No, I don't say that at yeah. all. Um, but it is something that in terms of moves that could happen in the offseason, even for Georgia – Still a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, that, I would agree. It's, I just, it's interesting to me for so many different reasons. Um, and one of those reasons is, and I'll just, we talked about this off air, is it's, it's a great move for Georgia, I guess, because it's a, another five-star you bring it in. But I said this a while back, and, and Georgia fans got mad at me. Shocking. Uh, shockingly enough. But if you're a high school recruit at quarterback and you are being pursued and recruited by Georgia – how do you trust this man, Kirby Smart, that he is going to do the right thing with your career? He just got Jamie Newman in. And it, what's, what's the weirdest thing about this whole thing with recruiting especially is we brought this up and it was like, man, that's weird because he just got Newman. And he just got Newman. We only talk about Newman, only talk about Newman. And then you sit back and think about it. It's like, hold up. What about Carson Beck? What about the five-star they're bringing in for next year? Yeah, he's a four-star. Like, that's all right. Okay, Connor. Sure. <laughs> so on what site? There's like a thousand different sites on 24/7. Oh, you know what? I'll go pull it up. Go pull it up right now. Right now. He's so he's he's a four star. It's four star. So what do you think about the four star or five star as we go look at it? Um, that they recruited for next year. That they've supposedly said it's like you're our guy. You're our guy. Like like and and Georgia fans, all all fans do this when it comes to recruiting, but Georgia fans getting so weirdly bought up and swept up in the hype of like Carson Beck's gonna be the guy Carson Beck could beat out I guarantee you Carson Beck could beat out from look he's got a better arm he didn't choose Florida he chose Georgia over Florida he's gonna be he's gonna be the savior why are we getting so swept up in this kind of stuff and then Kirby just recruits over him every time okay so there's a reasonable head scratching after seeing news like this because of the aforementioned Newman thing and I've been trying to, to figure out why exactly this would make sense for both parties. And I do think that there is something to be said for, for both Daniels making the move to go to Georgia and for Georgia actually making a pitch to get somebody like Daniels because that's that's the part of this that's like, whoa, that, that that's a surprise that Kirby Smart would spend the amount of time necessary and make a worthy enough pitch to JT Daniels to be able to right. say, yes, Georgia is where you belong. And I joked to you before, I'm like, I don't think Justin Fields and Jacob Eason were names that were brought up in that pitch. No. But here's here's what, what I come back to. This whole one-year exemption thing for transfers, right? We've talked about that a little bit on this podcast before, and there is now a hiccup with the one-year exemption for transfers. JT Daniels is an undergraduate guy. If he's going to gain immediate eligibility for the 2020 season, no matter where he plays, it's going to be because he gets a waiver from the NCAA. Yeah. Ask anybody how those things go. Ask Tennessee fans about Aubrey Solomon. Jeez. I mean, it's, it is a mystery how those things go. And 
and with them pushing this off because they are obviously dealing with much bigger fish to fry right now in terms of their entire model kind of being up in you know up in shambles they are trying to figure out other things so i don't know what the waiver wire process is going to look like i don't know if jt daniels took a step back and was like wow i actually there's like a decent chance i won't get immediate eligibility this year but think about it either way he has not used his red shirt yet so if he gets eligibility immediately this year in 2020 he could still be behind jamie newman who only has one year of eligibility not play more than four games and preserve a year of eligibility and still have two years after this yeah. year to be able to stay at Georgia and be the guy. And he would he would theoretically oh, compete. Oh, would he? Well, he would <laughs> compete with Carson Beck and Dwayne Mathis, of course. Yeah. And, oh, uh, by the way, Brock Vandegrift, who's like the five-star, you know, going to be oh, 2021 Oh, weird. He kid. is a five-star. He's not a four-star. No, Carson Beck is, is, is the four-star. Oh, Carson Beck is definitely a four-star. I'm talking about the kid this year. Brock oh, Vandegrift is tri- a five-star okay. composite. Yes, yeah. he, he is, but he's not this year. He's 2021. Carson right. Beck is so the early in, enrollee. He's in like the next year. Co- yeah, okay, sure. Okay. Yeah, miscommunication. So, I know what, what you're I, saying. What I meant was this kid coming in, like, like, like he's a five star. He's the number twelve overall player in the country. Went to Prince Avenue Christian, which is right outside of Athens. And you're telling me that like all of a sudden you have yet another kid you've recruited over. Like, because here's the deal, Justin Fields. If if you are, I, I still say that Jake Fromm. It's hard to take away his starting position after leading his team to a national championship. I don't think Kirby made necessarily the wrong decision there was a one-week window for it to happen and it didn't happen continue but if you are a elite quarterback prospect prospect not not a offensive lineman not anyone that plays cornerback linebacker d end running back because he god knows he recruits shit out of them uh write that down but like (laughs) so but if you're a quarterback and kirby smart is recruiting you how in the actual F word are you going to Georgia and being like, you know what? I trust that he's going to make the right decision for my future, for my future, for me personally, and not recruit over me, bring in someone else, ma- like make me split time, tell me I'm going to start at this point. Like, how? how? Like, if, if you are, you know what? Screw that. If you're a four star, go somewhere else. Like, you're going to be a career backup. He's going, like, this is the most, this is the most aggressive like recruiting over the the guy that you already have that I've ever seen in college football. People get to get on, on saving about this all the time about gray shirting and blue shirting or whatever kind of shirting you want to we want to call it. And it was bad then too. But if you literally just got Jamie Newman and you've already got a five star coming in next year and a four star coming in that, like that's coming in this year for fall camp, you're telling me that that's not good enough. Go out and get the best players, fine. But how do you trust this man if he is telling you that you are going he has your best best he has your future, best future in mind. That's that's a fair point. I, I think with as it relates to Daniels and as it relates to the somewhat immediate future, there are a couple things to, to remember. I think if if Daniels was sold on Georgia, my guess is that it's based on the belief that, okay, you do have this new offense, which is going to be more pass-happy, which, yes, it's totally unproven. Yeah. There is no guarantee that this thing is going to work. We've seen coordinators before that are one and done, and just like that, it's a thing of the past. There is no guarantee that Todd Munkin's air raid offense right. works in Athens. It could. But there's also the selling point of, hey, I'm going to surround you with all this five-star talent. Oh, yeah. And you're not going to get five-star talent like this at everywhere you go. You might have a path to a starting job, but how many guys are going to make you look better? So I'm, I'm not right. saying that and that... in practice, when you get to throw to them, yeah. dude, I tell you what, you're going to look so elite in practice when you're allowed to throw to them. Not on game days, because you're not going to start, because I'm going to recruit over. But yes, you're going <laughs> to look elite 
on Monday through Thursday. So there's that. And I don't know if Georgia, either way, like I don't know if it makes too, too much of a difference to Georgia whether or not JC Daniels plays in 2020. Obviously, in a perfect world, they want him yeah. to play. But think about this. You are you, you have a, a new starting quarterback there, Jamie Newman, a guy who's going to be there for, for one year playing in this new yeah. offense, playing with four new offensive linemen uh, up front. You have a new offensive line coach. You're hoping that this quarterback, Jamie Newman, is going to be a more willing runner than what you had in the past in Jake Fromm. He's not a typical dual-threat guy, but he is a more than willing runner. And if you are going to ask him to be in positions like that, Georgia is thinking from a depth standpoint, we don't want to have to turn to Stetson Bennett the fourth. We don't want to necessarily have to turn to Carson Beck when, okay, while those guys might be talented and they they might have a, a future, they might have a future at Georgia, they might have a future elsewhere, you're, from Kirby Smart's perspective, you're thinking of this as, look, I have the number one scoring defense in the country. I return over 70% of my production from that side of the ball, yeah. and I don't want to waste a year in which I have that much talent on the, on the defensive side of the ball. And if I'm sitting there thinking to myself, man, I wish I just recruited one other quarterback that was ready to play and ready to lift this and ready to not have this team take a step back, then why why would I not do it? So from his perspective, yeah. I think that's where he's coming in from, not just the simple like, oh, yeah, of course, I'm going to try and get every five-star under the sun. I think there's a little bit more to I, it than that. Sure. Okay, sure. And I, I honestly, I'd say 60-40 from what you said about the every five-star under the sun – Versus, because we've already seen how much money they spend on recruiting. We've already seen how much of like an effort he puts into. We saw what he did when he left Bama and bringing up the, the the picture. And he's like, "Here's what they have you. Here's where you can be right here if you go to UGA right away." And all this is true, by the way. Like I, I just I don't understand where. But my favorite part of this is going to be this: when he when he gets on campus. Because I I don't listen. If I was a recruit, I'm going to Athens flat out. The, the football is fantastic. The girls are fantastic. The downtown experience is more than fantastic. Like I'm going to Athens. Totally understand that part of it. But again, if you are a quarterback who seem to be the most fragile of egos out of any kind of recruit we ever see, they have to be. They have to be kind of coddled, and they want to come in and have a chance to play. And I just love the fact that we're we're two years removed from from people that we work with writing things about how Saban handled this whole Jalen Hurts and Tua Tagovailoa thing horribly i had someone tell me, tell me earlier today about how it's the same thing as joe burrow going to lsu no it's not no it's not because the guys that lsu already had on board they were not they were not five-star elite recruits that you already had coming in the system they was they didn't have another grad transfer that was already coming in i just i can't wait to see there's no better position and there's no one you cheer harder for than the backup quarterback sometimes as fans because he's the guy you think all the problems that you have as a team kind of fall on the shoulders of the starting quarterback the moment that newman throws a pick I, I cannot wait to see what Georgia fans are going to say about this kid, JT Daniels, and how they need to, they need to have him right away. Or if he's not allowed eligibility, and something happens, and they gasp, lose two games, and one of them's a game they shouldn't have lost, like they've done every year under Jake Fromm. How all that's going to be pinned on? Well, if we had Daniels, I just you know, it's 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 just it's amusing to me. I'll say that it's amusing to everyone. Georgia just got more interesting. If indeed JT Daniels is going to Athens. Again, we are recording this at 3 o'clock on Thursday before any of this stuff has gone official. All we know as of right now is just that there are rumors floating. It says right now, as of 13 minutes ago on Barstool SEC, uh, it says JT Dennis is officially enrolled in UGA. We've got another quarterback competition down in Athens. No one, yeah. No one 
And no one handles a crowded quarterback room better than Kirby Smart. <laughs> I mean, there. First of all, there's that. There's nothing official about either of those two things, given yeah. where the the original source of that. And yeah, until true. he's until he's eligible immediately, uh, it's still not considered because by NCAA rule, he would still technically have to sit out. Though obviously, high profile quarterbacks have been given leeway in the past. There is just no guarantee, given what the circumstances are with the NCAA right now. I cannot emphasize that enough. I've been banging the drum this entire offseason for kids like Joey Gatewood, who are uh, possibly... 54 minutes ago. Sorry. R- what Roddy Nabolsi, I don't know how to say his name, but he's like Rivals. the guy. Rivals. More breaking news on UGA, likely adding former number four player in the nation. Five-star quarterback. Likely. Uh, yeah. But okay, likely. well, let me click on this. Well, it's a it's a interesting read. It's a it is that's that's what we're basing this is that's what we're basing this on. It he is, is in the system at UGA, but has yet has yet to enroll in classes. He has until June fifth to do so. But he is in the system at UGA. I so. I'll like to I'll like to hear this from from JT Daniels himself, from from actual confirmation other than hey we believe he's Amazing. in the system. I, I'm not, I'm not doubting it. It'll it'll very likely happen, but. We, we always got to be sure in this business. We always got to be sure. All right. Let's go to a little bit of a lighter subject. Let's golf. Let's talk golf. Everybody watched the match. And if you didn't, I don't know what you're doing on Sunday, but there were live sports on. And you should have been watching them. I don't care if you don't like golf. It was Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson. Just live mic. I don't care what they're doing in between. I would watch four hours of that yeah. all day. All day. It was fantastic. Um I was very I was very surprised that I was what's the right word what's the right verb I'm looking for here I was surprised that I was allowed to watch three and a half to four hours of that in my household where we have our main TV and you know my wife's not the biggest golf fan we'll just say that we'll just say that yeah I was uh Ali Ali let me watch it as well um and I said because like like I hate I hate that says like well you know the wife will let me do it but like with golf, it's different. Golf is it's boring. It's different. Yep. It is. It is a tough walk. And like, unless it's the Masters or like a major or something like big, or Tiger's like in the hunt, he's coming back, like stalking his prey. Then, then I want to watch it. But if it's like, hey, you know, Retief Goosen, he's he's got a three-stroke lead with seven holes to go. Like, I don't care. I do not care yeah. at all. Um, what's the quote from Happy Gilmore? Golf requires goofy pants and a fat ass. Like I, don't, I just don't, they're better <laughs> athletes now, but it is it is tough to watch sometimes because it's like man, it's really not that interesting. This was incredible TV, and and it was really funny too. I told Allie this. I was like, I didn't think I hate being the homer for the SEC sometimes because that's not how I've I've been for most of my life until I got this job. But like, it was cool to see the, how many SEC ties were on display. Right. And, and prevalent in, like, in the storylines with, like, what Peyton said about UGA. And then you had the other stuff with, like, what, what uh, I don't know, like, what, what Tom Brady said. Tom Brady throwing Smokey on the ground. I, I, tweeted, I tweeted that clip out where Tom Brady, uh, he takes the, the cover head, Peyton's cover head of Smokey. Yeah. And he drops on the ground. He mimics like he's going to step on it. And then he's like, they haven't won anything since you left. And it's like, all right. Tom, you idiot. They won a national title yeah. the year after he left. Of all the things you had to say, you just had to say they haven't won anything in the 21st century. And said you had to say that. And you don't want to go at Vol Twitter about anything involving logic and reason. I'll tell no. you that. Especially if, you, if, you, if it's not involving logic and reason, it's even worse. So. Ooh, no. Man. But it was very entertaining. Made me want to get out there and golf. That was like two hours away from, from where we're at. So I, I definitely thought about it, even though it was rainy and, and yucky out on Sunday. Yeah. 
Um, so we have, oh, by the way, I had multiple ants reach out during the middle of the match. And are like, are you hearing all these SEC references? This is great. My Aunt Megan, <laughs> my Aunt Megan sends me a text. My Aunt Jean, who's in the Facebook group, posts in the Facebook group. Uh, about What's up, Jean? Like, she's like, Saturday Down South, awesome, this is great. They're on top of it. They're on top of it. They're my eyes and ears because I missed the first few holes of it because I was out running errands and doing stuff. But um, anyways, that was uh, that was great. So golf questions. Let's start with this one from Tyler Davis. Tyler asks, if you could caddy for any SEC coach, who would it be? Is that oh. cr- uh, Now, if we're talking current as opposed to all time, that's very different. That's I know yours different. is definitely Tuberville. Definitely not going Tuberville. Tuberville doesn't make my top 20. Um, I mean, mine's saving. Yeah. But if you're I mean, caddying... up there, but... But if you're caddying for Saban, man, the, the criticism you're subject to, that would not... That'd be a pressure-packed <laughs> day. That really would be. I don't know. That'd I couldn't be, do no, that. That's true. Um, um, no, I've heard some stories about him playing golf and how he... Uh, like, he's, he's pretty nice to the caddies, from what I've heard. There are some that are like... Raging a holes. Like, I have friends that actually catted East Lake, and they were like, "That guy sucks." I can believe that. I can definitely yeah. believe that. If if we're going all time here, I'm going with the HBC. I mean, that's that's yeah. not even close. Like, it's a round of to. golf. Around <laughs> golf with Spurrier? Are you kidding me? That'd be amazing. Yeah. That'd be incredible. He should be on the match. In fact, I we did a, an SDS roundtable for this, um, talking about like the two former SEC athletes who would be the best to have in the match. And I'm sorry, yeah. this might be a later question, but my answer to that was Spurrier and Charles Barkley. Easily. It's nice that I finally got. I just stopped being asked to be a part of the SDS roundtable <laughs> stuff. That was my. That did was you my stop idea. Responding? I, so I did for like for like three of them because he, he was like, "Hey, here's 19 different teams. You yeah. need to fill out your over under for." I'm like, "No, I'm not like I'm not doing this." And then one of them was like Tennessee, and I was like, "I'm gonna set this one out because of the." Of the and so then I just got stopping asked, and then I look up yesterday, and it was like, "What? What? You know what? We're just gonna we're gonna air it all out." It said, "What is what game do you expect to be an upset the most?" And I knew somebody was gonna say Tennessee Bama, and it was Neil Blackman, and I was shocked it wasn't C Wright or or was it Michael and Bratton. And then afterwards, I talked to, I said something about it on Twitter, and Michael and Brandon's like, "It's not a shock, it's not an upset if you expect it to happen." And I was like, <laughs> yeah. go, "Go give him a follow." Well, I'm gonna move out. I'm gonna move off of that one in a hurry. Yeah. Don't want to get yeah. into the the Twitter, uh, the Twitter fight. I thing. just thought it was funny that it was my idea to do SCS roundtable discussions over over a full year ago, and now I'm not even asked to be involved in any of them. So if you're listening out there, would love to catch one of those emails one day. Um, okay, next one up for me. If you were charged, no, I don't want to do that one. Okay, here it is. This is from uh, this is one of my favorites actually. From where the hell did it go? From McKaylin Crabtree. Which animal would you rather face as a hazard on the course? An angry alligator or murder hornets? Oh, an alligator. Not close. Give me an alligator. I would rather have an alligator to get past than yeah. a murder hornet, which can fly yeah. anywhere. And I, I'm not saying I could outrun a gator. But I forty miles an hour. I know, I know. I'm not saying, like I said, I'm not saying I could outrun a gator, but I, I know that I could locate myself to stay clear of a gator. Yeah. I live in Florida. We've learned these things over the course of five years. I've been in proximity of gators that yeah. have been like probably thirty or forty feet away from me. But you don't do stupid stuff, and you know you're you're fine. That was actually the same day. You don't want to feed them bread. 
No, no. Feeding animals is is so dumb in that scenario. People don't realize when you feed when you feed. We have ducks and turtles that live right outside yeah. our place right here, and people totally. just come by and feed them all the time, and it's so dumb because now they're so spoiled. Whenever we walk by, they're like, yeah. "Hey, where's all of our food?" You don't do that with gators either because no, that's, that's how Lake Placid happens. That's how chubs happen. I mean, oh yeah. <laughs> so I uh, see. Here's my thing about gators. I've always wanted to go. Um, I've always wanted to go hunt gators. No. Like, nope. yes. I, I, I know that it would end up with just bullet holes in the bottom of whatever boat I was in the whole time because I'd get so nervous I'd shoot everywhere. But I've always wanted to hunt a gator because they are huge and they are so creepy. And, and they're, you know what? And they're, they're decimating the grubworm population. Okay. You got a problem with that, Connor? Yes, I do. Okay. They have, <laughs> our, they have a great outfit. place. They have a great place in the food chain. We need them. Pass by Gators, we go kayaking um, at a place right by here uh, once every couple months or so. And we pass multiple Gators in the water that we go in, one of which is, is just a massive, massive Gator. Yeah. who's like way too close for comfort, but they're used to people going by them all the time. It's the baby right. Gators that you see that are out all the time. Gators, I, I'm more, much more okay with than a murder hornet, which I cannot predict its flight. And yeah. I could die with, I mean, just like that. The, for so for me, it's geese. I, I just I would I would prefer anything over geese. Geese are awful, and I tell you what, I mean I'm I'm not saying that I've done it, but I've seen I've seen pics where I've applauded the pics of somebody holding a goose that is now deceased because it attacked them on the golf course. Oh, and, like, uh, Dwight. Yeah, yeah. Wait, what? What? When Dwight brings the goose in. <laughs> yes. Um, you want to get you want to get a bucket for all the innards and the blood. <laughs> anyway, that's my answer. You're up. All right, uh, let's go to uh, let's go to this one from Casey Hampton. Great question. Uh, Who would win a golf match between Steve Spurrier and Bob Barker? Great, great question. Is Bob Barker alive? Yes, um, just like the JT Daniels thing, we were, as of right now, as of 3 o'clock on yeah, Thursday, Bob Barker is alive as far <laughs> as we know. Let, let's, let's let that be known. It says on Wikipedia he died years ago, but he's still alive. So, Well, that's, <laughs> that's really confusing. Wait, he's alive, he right? Died in, he died inside. Yeah, he's 96 years old. Oh, my gosh. He was, he's, oh, God, and these pictures are tough. Wow. Okay. Um, all right. I am going to say that Bob Barker is definitely going to win because we obviously saw what he did in Happy Gilmore, and he yeah. was lifting that team. He's better than a professional golfer, which Happy was. And even though Happy wasn't having his best day, if you can go out and beat a professional golfer, I mean, yeah, you're, you're going to be good. And you know that Spurrier and Barker are hitting the fairway every time every single time have you ever golfed with somebody who's over 70 that's all no. they do it's well that in like asian women and asian asian men and asian women we were, like so at stone mountain we used to do this all the time we, we'd play and we get stuck behind like these like eight sums of of like asian men and women like it took forever because they'd always play like there'd be two of us and be like four of them they were the most controlled incredible golfers i've ever watched we played we played in like like in some foursomes if you had to like like mix and match I've never seen more steady, stable drives in the middle of a fairway, ever. And I guess they, they might have been older. I guess that makes sense now. So you're saying that this is a very specific demo that you've raised here. 
<laughs> if you are Asian and over the age of 70, that makes you a very You're the accurate... best golfer ever. I, Have you ever played golf with with, with that that demographic? Because yeah, like that's very how it specific. always it was it was all the time at some mountain golf course. You play me and my best friend Jeff. We would always go out there and play, and they were incredible golfers. Like it was it was like this sound. Uh, I hope this is not go into something about like, uh, this is not this is not supposed to be about race. It's just the fact that like this was a this was a very consistent demographic of where I lived, and that's who always played on this course. And they were incredible golfers. This is going to be the white running backs thing all over again. It shouldn't be because I lived it and I was there playing it. It's like you can say people's races. I feel like I don't like I don't understand. People get so offended by everything nowadays. Good God. Spurrier's pretty good. I bet. I bet he's pretty good. Yeah. And I, I can see him going off the deep end though. No, I mean Spurrier is. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's probably got what like a nine beer minimum. Oh when he golfs? God! I hope. I yeah, hope. every other hole. That's how long it takes him to be able to drink. Um, yeah, no, but Spur- Spurrier would be good, but Barker's better just because we've seen yeah. his skills at play. Um, okay, here's one. Orlando Prescott. <laughs> to absolutely ruin a day of golfing for Chris, who would it be? Who would you have caddy for him? Oh, gosh, Ball, great question. Ball Twitter. Um, let's go with... Uh, I'm gonna say our. I'm gonna say our editor, Chris Wright. <laughs> Shout out Chris Wright. We we love Chris Wright. He doesn't listen to this podcast. Shout out Chris Wright though. I <laughs> watching you guys would be that'd be great. That'd be great. Um, I I mean I would just I'll, you know we've already made it uncomfortable because I referenced a a different demographic uh, of people that I actually played golf with and hopefully no one's offended by that. Uh, my dad. That's the answer. I wasn't gonna go there. The Why? Somebody else already asked it. Like, who would you rather play? Who would you rather play golf with? Your dad or Tommy Tuberville in Shreveport? And I was like, literally anyone but my dad. Um, I thought it was pretty funny. Okay, here's a, here's a backup question. Would you play it off of Frankenstein's fat foot? You have to play the ball as it lies. <laughs> and while I, you know what, I applaud Shooter because yeah, the. The willingness to do that and the fear—you could you could see the fear on his face as he has the to make fear. that shot. Yeah, I mean, some of us are driven by fear. We can perform better when we're in those circumstances. And Shooter, to his credit, did, and he made the best of a bad situation. I can't say I would have been able to make contact with the ball off Frankenstein's foot. I would have tried, but there's no way that I would have been able to focus as well as he did. Yeah, it's interesting that like. The, the ball was in like a nice. It was a pretty good lie, like it was. It was ah. for being on someone's boot. It was a pretty good lie. It was a steel toe boot, probably too, which that's like hitting off the yeah. cart path. So that's a good point. Yeah, it's a really good point. Actually, now I think about it, um, I, I definitely would have hit it off his foot. But I would have like done it in a way. Like, I would have like had a beer with him, and like I, I would have handled it better than than shooter. I feel like. Where a shooter just looked at him like a freak, and instead yeah. you should be looking at this guy like, "Hey, you're gonna help me out. Like, you're gonna keep this right? foot steady for me. I need what? What you got? <laughs> two thus far, Mr. McGavin. <laughs> when people usually hit a ball off your off your boot, they usually hit like a three iron. They talking, you know, we talking fairway woods. We talking hybrids. What what exactly yeah. should we go with here? I think he could have helped out. I, so what do you think that guy's doing now? That actor? Because I haven't seen him in much. <laughs> and usually, if you're in a happy, if you're in like a, a Happy Madison production, like a, a a a Adam Sandler movie, you're pretty much in all the rest of them forever. Yeah, true. Uh, shout out to Rob Schneider, who's made a, an entire career off of that somehow. And David Spade. Well, they were on they were on SNL together. 
I, I know, but... Well, first off, David Spade had some hits on himself, but, like, with, with Tommy Boy and Black Sheep. What, what um, When what? Chris Farley died, so did David Spade. Yeah, that's a very, that's a very f- fair point. Also, have you watched... Um, this is just off, off uh, the cuff here and side note here. Have you watched Grown Ups? Yes, I've watched Grown Ups, and that's a big reason why I say that. <laughs> it's so bad, right? But it every time really it's bad. on, I watch it. It's so bad. I watched Grown Ups 2 last weekend. I love all those guys, too. I, I, like, I'm a, if there is a Kevin James yeah. fan club, I am in oh, it. And, and that movie is not good. It is not no. good. Sorry. I, um, if, I just, no, no, don't say sorry. It's terrible. It, so for me, though, I told this to Allie last week. I was like, Grown Ups is like Grease. Like, it, it'll come on TV, and I'm like, this mm. movie sucks. And oh, like yes. And an hour agreed. and a half later, I'm like, I'm watching it. Here we go. I don't know why I'm still here. I can't do Grease. You're having willpower. Will, it's Greece. awful. Grease is awful. Mm, All right, you're up. Much. All right. Um, let's see here. No, Trey Beckton, that is not a golf-related question. Do you want to do the one about which current pro golfer is every SEC coach? If just, it won't take long. We can, do, we can do just a quick 14 down the list of every professional golfer for <laughs> I mean, with all due respect, that just, no, that, that can't happen. Um, I like Nick okay. Burke, but that's a tough one to answer. All right, this one, Michael Dark. Wants to know, is it socially acceptable to get blackout drunk while golfing? Mm. Not blackout. Like, if you leave a golf course sober, like, you've done it wrong. But if, you, if, you, if you're if you leaving a golf course blackout drunk, I, which I've done before, and it is, it's not a good look. It's, most of these places are, like, country clubs. Like, you're not supposed to be, like, piss-faced drunk and leaving and, like, throwing around different stuff in the men's room. Wait a minute, wait a minute. How? What was your drink of choice to get blackout drunk on the golf course? Oh, Red Bull vodka. Like all day. So we, we, we had a very, we had a, we had a system. Because my idiot friends would be like, they were all married for, well, I'm still not married, but they'd be, they'd get married, they got married early, so it's like, hey, like, I have to be back by two o'clock. And I'm like, all right. And if it's in the fall, especially, it's like, I'm, I'm not getting back after 12 and missing kickoff or anything. So we'd go get these tea times at like 7.30 in the morning. And they were always like 30 minutes away because there's not a lot of good golf in the actual city. So we would, they'd usually have to come pick me up because I'd been at the bars the night before to make sure I was going to go. Otherwise, if they didn't pick me up, I was not making it out to the course, just guaranteed. So we would go to, like, there's a place in Covington. I can't remember the name of the, the course. But we'd go out there, and we would, Jeff would make these Red Bull vodkas that were, like, always way too much vodka at the start of the That was breakfast. And you'd get, like, a, a biscuit from Bojangles. And then you'd start drinking. you drink two of those big ones. And then you would you would drink you'd start drinking. You had, first off, you had to go get like a McDonald's cup to take it onto the course, so they didn't know, even though they knew. And then what do they assume like, is in there? Iced tea, Diet Coke. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Just pull the old John Daly. He's always just crushing Diet Cokes. There's always bourbon in there. Um, but the, so then once we got on the course, it would be like we'd start drinking beer. Then we'd hit the turn, and then the turn you would usually get. I would always get a a, a Arnold a John Daly like a lemonade, tea, and vodka. Um, and then it make that like a double, so you get back into the swing of things. And then, like by thirteen or fourteen, it's like you're you're just. I mean, those tee shots were. Whew, they could go one of two ways. They're usually going the one way. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Um, my my usual thought process is, if you're going to be on the course, you gotta have you gotta have a plan. You can't just be doing it as you go because you don't want to get to that point where like 
you have all your drinks in the front nine or something like that, and then the back nine is just miserable. That sucks. That's the yeah. worst. If you just have if you have like four beers in the front nine, and then That's you're awful. just like, I, I didn't pace myself, and this is just I'm going to be dehydrated. This is going to be this isn't even going to be a fun type of buzz. Not worth it. You're going to hate your life by whole 14. It's not going to be good. Um, two beer Connor is usually that's the start. I did two beer. I did like you know two of the tall boys a couple yeah. weeks ago when I went to I went to a really really nice place um, here in Orlando. Probably the nicest course that I've ever played at and played with some guys down okay. here. But none of them were noticeably drunk except for like hole 16 when one of the guys I was golfing with was like, yeah, I'm inebriated right now. I'm like, how? I'm not. Who says inebriated? I don't know. This guy, this guy did, but he was, I mean, he golfed, he, he shot like an 88 too. And he, he's good. I mean, he was, it was an honest 88. I was with him and he did not even perform up to his level. But I always wonder how people can continue a, a significant buzz and still golf well. That blows okay. my mind. So Jeff is... My buddy Aaron, who's like, he's like the most obnoxious golfer you've ever talked to because he's like, he's 6'9", he has the deepest nice. voice ever, and he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, like we played one time and I went out of bounds. I went OB with white stakes, and I was like, oh, that's cool, I'll just drop up there. He's like, oh, actually, it's white stakes, so you have to drop from back here. Shoot again, I'm like, and I had no idea. I was like, Aaron, we're having a friendly round of golf. Oh, this does not gosh. matter. There's people behind us. I don't want to tee off in front of them. He's like, yeah, these are the rules. You have to play off from back here. So I was like teeing off by, at five to get up. It was ridiculous. There is nothing so worse anyway. than that, than the hard O. No. The hard O strokes counter. When it's oh like, my gosh. The, and it goes both ways. It's the the worst is the person who, you know, like you know they got like an eight or a nine, and they're like, yep, yep, shot a five. Six. Yeah. yeah it's like that person's the worst, that. and then the person that's way too strict in terms of like, oh, got to take a drop. Oh, got to count that, got to count that. Yeah. It's like, all right, I'm going to move my ball off of this guy's boot, off Frankenstein's boot yeah. right now to be able to hit this shot. I'm just going to do it. We're playing for fun. It blows my mind. It blows, like he like he is he's like a really good golfer. We, we were gonna go on this golf trip, and I was the only one that was not taking it like super seriously. Everyone else was like, "We're gonna get your handicaps in." We got like like I remember one time Aaron saying this to me, and if Aaron's listening, I love Aaron. You're one of my best friends, but playing golf with you is not the most fun if you're an average golfer, and he and he knows this. But like I remember him saying, <laughs> he said, like it was like um, actually I can. Uh, this is the same. It's the same day. It's the same day we were playing. He made me go back and hit five from the tee box for because the, the white stakes. And he said that he was not allowed to finish out a putt that would have given him a six, like a double bogey or tri- maybe it was a triple okay. bogey because because of his handicap. And I was like, let me get this straight. So I have to hit from back here three separate times, but your handicap is so good. You're so good at golf. You're not even legally allowed to get a triple bogey because of your handicap. He's like, That's, I mean, I can't, I can't explain it to you. And I'm like, you cannot. It makes no sense to me. People that get that into golf are, are just that – I, I hate I, I will not play golf with you. Might mean too much. Except for you, Aaron. I love Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your turn. Okay. Um, let's see here. Which golfer embodies the spirit of the SEC fandom the most? Why is it John Daly? We don't have to get into a long thing about all these different golfers, but the answer is John Daly. John Daly played at Arkansas. I love John Daly, not just because I enjoy drinking, but John Daly has one of my favorite quotes in the history of the world. Not just golf or SEC football or whatever, but the world. And they, they asked him what his favorite beer was, I think. And I'm, I'm, I might butcher this, but he said it was Miller Lite. And they asked him why, and he said, has been since I was nine years old. <laughs> I don't know that John Daly is the epitome of SEC. Oh. 
because how seriously does he take it? I mean, no, that's fair. I, I think that that's now there's the other extreme of that, and you know who it's not is Patrick Reed. Um, no, he's the worst. That, I mean, I understand he had the Georgia connection at first, and his parents apparently don't like him. And he listens to Imagine Dragons, and he just is all around hated by everyone. But yeah. it's definitely not Patrick Reed. We can at least agree no. on that. Like, the, it means more to SEC fans than it does probably to John Daly. Otherwise, he would have, you know, probably taken care of his body over the course of the last thirty years. But or since he was nine, he started drinking Miller Lite. But there's definitely not all the way up to Patrick Reed. It's got to be somebody below that where it's like, yeah, yeah it's, it's serious. What about like Jason Duffner? How about that one? Former Auburn great. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very passionate about his Tigers. I think if he goes three sentences without saying War Eagle, you check on him to make sure he's feeling all right. Right. Um, but Duffner's one that, he, I mean, he was big a few years ago where he was like his fandom was very, very well known, especially around the time of, you know, when they're, I, I'm just going to, Breeze right past his 2013. You go ahead. Uh, yeah, what, what what happened? I, I said so, 2013 Auburn. I didn't want to um, I go was, down that road. I, I didn't even hear you because Queso's home. You guys are going to get a treat here for Casual Friday. He's back from the vet. Sorry, I forgot to close the door. Poor guy. Poor guy. Um, hold on. Hello, I'm recording. Uh, how's? Do you want to say hey to Queso? <laughs> Should we I would bring love him to. on for Casual Friday? Get on up here. Can you bring Queso up here? Say hey to Allie. Hi, Allie. Sorry, guys. This is very unprofessional. But, come here, bud. Speak in this microphone. Speak. Hey, so what up? Who's there? Who's there? He just got his nails trimmed. All right, good. Well, he's not saying it. Good boy. All right, well, that's his first appearance of the pod. Sorry about that, Boss. guys. We can cut that out later. Um, no, we're okay. leaving that in. Okay. <laughs> um, let's see. Thanks, babe. Um, make sure he's not in here. <laughs> Uh, sorry about this. This is good. Queso was very eager to get his takes in. He had lots of golf yeah. takes. Just <laughs> came running through the door. He's like, let me tell you. Um, okay. Which, uh, this is the same question. Okay, so favorite golf course drink. That's kind of what we talked about, but what what is yours? Is it just flat out beer? Uh, yeah, I mean, I usually will default to PBR, but... Do, do golf courses serve PBR where you are? No, that's where you, that's why okay. you bring your own. Okay. Uh, that's you know they got the they got the cooler on the side of the cart right there. And you just stick yeah. them in there and nobody's got to see. Um, that's what I did a couple weeks ago. Worked out really well. Um, I tend to think I'm a little bit more surprisingly actually of the whatever's available that I, I kind of like sort of deal. Like I'm not going to be too picky about one specific type of beer. Yeah. I'm not gonna sit, you know, like a red lager, sip like a red lager while I'm on the golf course or something no. crazy like that. If you're but, drinking like a Guinness, like that's gross. Yeah, that's that's weird. I don't know what human being does that. But I golf down here in Florida, and I want beer that's kind of like water a little bit. Yeah. It makes you feel like I'm I hydrating because it, man, you, you sweat so easily golfing down here like that. I I used to have times where I'd golf down here and my hands are slipping off the clubs, and you know I'm still wearing a glove. Obviously, but yeah. like my my hands can't even stay on the handle because I'm just sweating so much. And then I would just not golf for nine months and be like, "Why do I suck at this?" Oh, that's probably why. Yeah, we had um, <laughs> that's one thing. Like golf gloves, I go through a lot because of the sweat. That's always the worst. Um, I'm trying to think. We had uh, so I remember one time we got the <laughs> there was like the the what's the what's the worst golf experience you've ever had. Oh, I had uh, a couple years ago when I was golfing with my family in Door County. I like, I almost tore my groin. 
It was terrible. I don't know if I was just like over swinging or what, but I hit in in like a very manageable course too, and I should not have been over swinging. Yeah. But I hit hole six or seven, and I got a shot off the tee. It wasn't even a particularly bad shot, and I was just like, I'm done. I like that 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 shot right there because it had been kind of tightening up, tightening up. Yeah. And it just hurts so badly, and I was like. Is this is this old age? I was only twenty seven, yeah, twenty eight at the time. But it's like this is this is really really depressing. That that day sucked because then I just walked the rest of the course with my fa- with my yeah. family. Um. So I remember we went and played this place called like, it's like the Governor's Mansion, something the Governor's something up in like it was like an hour away, and it was this really nice like country club that was kind of struggling, um, and they were trying to add new members, and so it was like. I want to say it was up. Where, where's where is Trevor Lawrence from? Um, I don't know why. Cartersville, like right? Cartersville, yeah. yeah. And so he, it was like up near there, and it's like this. I mean, this old, like it looked like a White House or like a Southern plantation. This massive, beautiful, beautiful like front, but it was like unfinished because they they didn't have enough money to finish the rest of it, and they were they were trying. It was like very hoity-toity, but they were trying to bring on new members. And so I, when I played golf, this is like back when I was in good shape. There was one one clothing outfit that I wore. I had these like these like climbing shorts almost. There were there were shorts. They were like khaki colored shorts that I got from like REI. And then I had this like one blue dry fit polo. And I wore it every time I played golf. And so I went out there and like we we go out and there's a zipper on the side of these shorts, like not leading to a big pocket or anything like that, but like just a zipper, like this diagonal zipper that I don't even know what it was there for. Get up there, we pull up and get out of the car. This, this like, he wasn't a marshal, but he was like somebody that was there to help out. First thing out of his mouth, he goes, we don't allow cargo shorts on the, on the uh, course, so you can't wear those. And, I, and like, at the time, I was like, yeah, <laughs> I was like, 2015, 2015 Chris really thought highly of himself. And like, I just, I was like, yeah, well, I'm not wearing effing cargo shorts, so I, I don't ever wear cargo shorts, so I'm not, I'm fine. And he's like, those are cargo shorts. You can't wear those in the course. Calls it in to the clubhouse, right? And I'm like, okay, I don't know what to tell you, dude. These aren't cargo shorts. I wouldn't wear cargo shorts. Would be on both sides. There'd be a pocket on both sides. There's a zipper. That's all I have here. And he's like, you're gonna have to buy shorts from the clubhouse. And I am irate already. This is how we were welcomed to the course. This is how we were welcomed to the course. We get That's our right. no, it's not at all. We get our stuff. We get on. We get uh, like up to. <laughs> I love how you just try to correct yourself there. Do you? Yeah, yeah. We get our stuff. And, like if I was really telling the story, there'd be so many more customers. But I was like, we go inside. Can I just tell the story the way I would tell it? It. And you, you want to write down the, the times? Probably not. No. I don't want to write down the times. You do it. Okay. So I was like, I like go in and I'm like, I was like, this is like I, I wouldn't wear cargo shorts. I, I'm, I'm frustrated. Like there's no reason that we're having to do this right now. We, we walk in and as soon as we walk into I'm like, did you get a load of this guy? Like, what what an a-hole. Like, and so we go into the clubhouse and they're like, yes, you sir, are you the one with the cargo shorts? And I'm like, are you <laughs> effing kidding me right now? Like, is this this is a whole ass thing? And so this guy is this guy's telling me, he's like, we have we have a collection of shorts from over here. You can buy any that you would like. There, there's a sale, and I'm like, what's the sale? And he's like, they're 10% off. And I'm like, I'm looking through, I'm like thumbing through. Minimum $65. I'm like, so you're telling me I had to come up here, go play golf at your place that's about to get shut down because you guys don't have enough members and the way you welcome new people up here to get them to become members is telling them they're wearing cargo shorts i was irate and so jeff jeff is hold on i forgot to write that last one down so jeff jeff is like 
he has this joke where he's like trying to calm me down. He's like, just put the leash on. Put the leash on, okay? Yeah, like I say stop. heal to you. Yeah, exactly. The same thing. So yeah. he's like, put the leash on. So I'm like, <laughs> unbelievable. But I know, like, don't embarrass my friends. Don't, like, whatever. So I'm, like, calming down. We get out of the course, and he is so in my dome. He, he's, he is, ends up being the marshal where he's, like, at the first tee watching us. And, and I'm like, are you going to stand here the whole time? Like, like what, what is the deal already? This guy just has it out for us or me. We get to, like, the third hole. There are sprinklers going on on the on the the green and i'm like it's pretty unprofessional like they're just why would you have them going so we have to wait we call in we can't like finish our our round the marshal comes up and tells us that we're playing behind the pace of play and we're like yeah man the sprinklers are on okay and i'm like (laughs) like as soon as he pulls up jeff like like looks at me he's like he's like like leash like calm down like it's fine so we go, we go up, and he's, like, being, like, a pretty big dick about it. And then, like, we finally get them to turn off the sprinkler so we can finish out the hole. Because the guy was like, why don't you just go off and, and don't finish the hole? And I was like, whatever. It's going to so ruin your go, handicap. You can't do that. Yeah, exactly. So then we get, like, a couple holes later, and they're on again. And I had hit, I had hit like, my first good shot, I think. I think I was, like, on the green and like for, like, my approach shot. And I was so I was so mad, and I was like, "Can I? Can I do it? Can I call the?" the and, and Jeff goes, "Take the leash off, Chris. Go ahead, take the leash off. Goodness. Call the call the clubhouse." And I called the clubhouse and just ripped them apart. And I was like, "I was like, you know, for somebody that wants to come up here, and you guys want to have new members, and you guys think you like, remember to turn off the damn sprinklers so we could play a full round of golf in these new shorts you made me buy, which I'm chafing in." I was <laughs> irate. It was awful. All right, we got like time for like one more. <laughs> I was so pissed, man. Like I, uh, I, I still have those shorts. I will take a picture of them and send them to to the group after this because they are not cargo shorts. I didn't wear cargo shorts. I'm not Mickey Sheremy meeting Nick Saban. He'll get that reference. Yikes! By the way, golf is proof that cargo shorts don't need to exist because yeah. you can fit everything you need into your pockets if you're wearing normal shorts to golf in, and you can just have your tees, your balls, and you can still golf perfectly fine without having all those dumb pockets on the side of your shorts. I am so anti-cargo shorts, have been for over a decade proud of it. Bobby Burchins, last one, along those very along that very similar school of thought. Do you play better in a local or on a local public course or a nicer semi-private or resort course? My game don't change, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty bad either way. Yeah, I mean, I'm the same thing. Like, if I play well, it's because of luck. If I don't, it's because yeah. of everything around me, and it's not my fault. Um, but no, I would probably say I feel more relaxed actually at a private course because. Yeah. Sometimes at a public course when there's just people that are right behind you. Yeah, like people are like there's just a lot of people out there and you're waiting on people to go to a hole and you feel like you got, you know, certain time restrictions you'll get off every shot and you're looking you're looking over and you're like, Oh, you know, those guys are waiting to hit onto the fairway, need to hit our approach shots. I don't like that. I like it on a day where they space it out a little bit better. And I, I can take my time a little bit. I don't feel rushed taking shots. I get onto yeah. the green, and I don't feel like there's people waiting on me to get off as soon as I get up there, and I'm rushing putts. I just like I like I like a little bit of a nicer course. I like the the one that we played at a, a couple weeks ago here, and I feel like it just kind of calms me down and is like, all right, just just relax. Like nobody, nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody's, nobody's gonna remember what you score right. after this week, except me, that's, who's talking about it now. My friends, my friends definitely will. They are, like I, so. <laughs> My favorites in Georgia, I like, I like to play Cherokee Run, which is a public course. That's the one I was talking about. We go at like 7.30 in the morning. 
Um, it's always fun, but the greens are always pretty tough. And then St. Marlow, which is way up exit 400 uh, near Johns Creek. And it's like perfect little gated air, like community um, and, a, and a fun golf course, like a really fun golf course. I, I don't like playing public courses when there's like, like first off, like I, I don't play enough anymore to where it's like I, I, I don't know where my game is. And I'm not going to the driving range. Like I'm just, I'm not going to spend time. I'm not going to spend money to get better, to, like like to get marginally better at a game. Like it's just not, it's not going to happen for me. So I don't like going to public courses. I played one with Bobby Burchins actually not too long ago. We played um, Bobby Jones, which is like right down the street from me. And, and I love playing there now that it's not as like constantly, constantly packed with people. Because like a lot yeah. of those public courses, like you're saying, it's like, it's like, all right, they're getting people off every 10 minutes. And, and you are... Like I, I, I drive like really well. Like I, I, I drive the ball like very far, and I don't sick brag. It's, it's not supposed to be a sick brag, but it's just like I hate being like that a hole that is hitting into a group when I'm not like or or being being the a hole that's like I can't hit yet. I can't hit yeah, yet because I can still reach bad. him. Yep. Yeah. So it's like I, I guess I'll just hit like three iron off the deck again for like off the tee. Anyway, um, I am, that was good. I am opposed to. Well, like the driving range outside of like your your five ten minutes to warm up yeah. wherever, but like just going there. The only time that I have gone to the driving range in the last like ten years, and I've been like, that was so worth my time. That's exactly what I needed. The day of my wedding, I went with my groomsmen to yeah. my groomsmen, um, you know, best man, all that stuff, and then a couple other my buddies. Woke up on the morning of my wedding day, just went to the driving range, hit balls. It was great. It because. Yeah. It's, it's a nice way to kind of like to wake you up a little bit, get some of the nerves out. You're not playing, you know, you're not having to like play nine holes or play 18 where you're going to get some weird tan lines or something like that. You're not worried about which shot you're going to take. You can kind of just like let it rip and just kind of go for an hour. Yeah. And it was, it, it calmed me down. And if I was, hopefully I'll never have to get married again, fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, but if I were What's to this? get married again, that's what I would do in the morning. It's cool that you gave me um, crap about, you know, like sick brag about driving along and then you get to go brag about getting married still since that was just something oh, that was just mean never going to gonna happen to me, apparently. <laughs> Somebody doesn't want day. you to get married. Yeah, I don't know who it is, Man. but I'm over it. Um, all right, that's probably good. Like, should we go to that's Stump Marler? Yeah, we, we got some good ones for Stump Marler. And yep. um, I'm going to trust that I think all the ones that, that I have for you today we did not go through last week. Thank you to everybody who submitted questions for fourth and wrong and for stump marler um jay does such a great job putting together these questions for stump marler and we really had some good ones last week but you already answered some of them so i don't want to circle back to those so i'm going to start with this one from reed cousins reed asks which sec running back holds the record for most consecutive games with over 200 yards rushing and how many games is it um i i think it's darius guys with four that is a darn good guess, but it is incorrect. Oh. The correct answer is Leonard Fournette. Oh. Very close. And it was three games. And okay. according to Reed, it was against Auburn, Miss, Syracuse. Ole Miss, Oh. To start no, the year? No, Darius Geis was against Ole Miss. And A&M. Was he against A&M as well? Um, anyway, but Fournette, was, Fournette went off against, I mean, the, the play where he just had the dude on his back against Auburn. Yeah. Threw him off was I mean we should be talking about that more I think. Trigger Trey Marshall, yeah, uh, all time great gift. Give what um, you deserve. All right, this one Justin Lonazak he asks uh, which with UGA being um, 
an arguable holder of the RBU crown, there have been many memorable single-game performances by running backs. Do you know who has the most rushing TDs in a single game in Georgia history? And he also wants you to know, Sick Bragg, uh, he was at the game. Okay, so this actually, now I know the answer to this. Okay, because I asked this last week, and I was curious right, if you could and, remember this. But, but you didn't tell me that Justin Lonezek was there, because I know that he hasn't been to a game until he wasn't at the first game. I, so I originally thought this was Robert Edwards with four touchdowns. It was not. It was Sean Ely against Kentucky with five. He did in 2010. 2011, but close enough. I'll give you the answer. Oh, either way. Okay, that's close. Very good. Very good. Yeah. All right, so that's – okay, we had done that one last week. That's all right. Um, Mickey Sherry. Well, you didn't give me that. You didn't give me that little little tidbit last week. I th- I thought Jay gave you that little tidbit last week. Mm. I thought I remember that. Um, Mickey asks, despite uh, being LSU's worst head football coach, Curly Hallman managed to record the worst loss in LSU history, fifty-eight to three to Florida, in the same year that he upset the number five team in the nation. Who was that number five team, and what year was it? I'm going to say it's Ole Miss. It should be. I, I, I want to say Bama because I want to say they're just trying to get at me. What's your final answer? Bama. That is correct. Okay. It is indeed Bama. Do you know was what it year it was? 1970? No, way later than that. Way later? Think about it. Think about when LSU's been bad. Oh, so it had to have been. Oh, geez. Uh, when we were number five? Number five? Curly Holman was there. Jerry DiNardo was there in the 90s. I'm assuming Curly Holman was there later, way later than 1970. We were number five in the country. When were we number five and lost to LSU? I'm going to guess 93. That is correct. <laughs> I, think I, I think I remember that game. I think I, I was outside. Yeah, that was an ABC game. And I'm pretty sure it was on at night, and I remember going outside, and I was like, we're going to win this game, right, Dad? And he was like, no, no, we're not. (laughs) (laughs) Snapped Bama's 31-game non-losing streak. I don't know what that was supposed to mean. We tied tied to Tennessee in uh, 93, so we had won. We had not lost in, like, 31 straight games. I think it was a home game, too. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, that's why I said non-losing streak. Oh, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. And it was was also – it might have just been the one at home – because they had not lost a they had not lost a bunch at home. They, I mean, they didn't lose to LSU for like thirty years, and and as we all know, they've only lost five times in Death Valley in the last fifty-seven years. So anyway, moving on. As you know, uh, this one's from Emery Emery Picker. He wants to know how many national championships have the Jim Dogs won. I don't know, and I don't care, Emery. This is a college football question. It has nothing. This this shouldn't even count. Uh, this is so stupid. Why why are we? This is a college football based question. And we're asking about Georgia gymnastics. I'm going to guess the answer at seven. It's not a bad guess. <laughs> Is it eight? <laughs> it's ten. Yeah. It's I just wanted things. to see the guess. That was all. <laughs> uh, Zach Taylor wants to know, since 1985, LSU has only had three quarterbacks throw for more than 400 yards in one game. Joe Burrow did it multiple times this past season. Can you name the other two QBs that did it and against which teams? <sighs> Rohan Davey did it to Alabama in 2001. That's correct. Uh, and because Josh Reed had like 22 catches for 276 yards that game. Rohan Davey had over 500 yards passing and five touchdowns. 528. Um, 528. So then, and the other one was Tommy Hodson. It was 19. 19- 
89. And I remember this because we did that, that uh, LSU Death Valley thing. Who was it against? You're I correct think it was so an far. SEC school. Yeah, it was an SEC school. It definitely was. Give me a hint. Um, let's just say you're not getting along with them right now. Tennessee. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. That's... I just don't hear. Just real quick, Connor. I just don't get how you could you could this fan base. I, like I think I think that they're going to have the best offensive line, most improved offensive line in the country. They might have the best offensive line in the SEC. I just don't get why all of a sudden we have such a overzealous confidence about winning when we're still only one season removed from losing to Georgia State just because you've got a, a, a cartoon character winning football games in NCAA 2014 on PlayStation. What, what, like, what am I missing? Shameless plug, Coach Doug's story. Had a lot of fun getting to do that. There you go. All right, what else we got? <laughs> Uh, all right, this is a bonus question from Robert E. Lee III. He wants to know what non-Power 5 conference went 3-2 and two against the SEC last year? Give me the three upsets. That's a good question. Uh, Sunbelt. The Funbelt did not go 3-2. and two. Uh, Oh, you know what? Who's App State in? What are they in? That is not the answer we're looking for. I don't know. Mountain West went three and two. Oh, I know this one then, because Mountain West is BYU beat Tennessee. People forget. BYU is um, not in the Mountain West. BYU is independent. That is not one of the answers. Well, I'm glad I got to say that anyway, so I don't I don't know what the answer is. You're forgetting about Wyoming beating Mizzou in week one. Oh my god, I am, yeah. San Jose State beat Arkansas in week four. Shout out Chad Morris. UNLV Starkle. <laughs> yeah, that's probably better. More topical. Uh, UNLV beat Vandy in week seven. Beat him like a oh, drum. Yeah. Gosh, they killed him. Mountain you know, West. And then, and then couldn't cover the. They tried. They tried to go for two, instead of covering the spread. And I will never. I will never let that down. I'll never let them forget that. All right, Emery. Another question from him. What um, is the Georgia women's basketball season record from 1972? Do you know it? No. All right. <laughs> How many Georgia players have gone to have gone on to be Super Bowl MVPs? Bonus points if you can name all of them. I think it's only three. That's correct. Yeah. Um, I, oh, my God. I know this because we did this on the TV show. There's one obscure one that's like a punter, and I do not remember his name. There's one obscure one that's a punter. Terrell Davis is one. Um, God, who – the other one is like – Ah, oh, this is going to piss very me off. Well we brought known. this up. What? The other one's very yeah, well one. known. It was from back in the day, right? Uh No. 21st century. Oh, Heinz Ward. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Heinz Ward, Terrell Davis. But the other one, I think, is a punter. I can't remember his name. I can't. I cannot remember his name. Jake Scott. Jake Scott! God! Mother! Dang it, Bobo! <laughs> God dang it, Bobo! I remember that. He's a, Is he a punter? Uh, it sounds like a punter. All right, whatever. I'm pretty sure it's a punter. That's craziness. Okay, that's pretty good, though. All right, we've got... Uh, let's do... Do you want to do one more or two more? Two more. All right, I mean, let's do I mean, two more. Depending on what the questions are, if I know the answers. All right, we'll do this one's from memory as well. Uh, what was UGA's original mascot? All right, I don't want to do this one. I have no idea. <laughs> Who cares? It's a billy goat. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right, another, another quick one from memory. Uh, how many conferences has UGA football been a part of, and how many conference championships 
did UGA win in another, in which other conference? I, I'm assuming they were in like what the Southern Conference before the SEC because they've been in the, they've been in the SEC forever. Uh, how many conference championships? I think I think I know this. I think in the other conference they hadn't won a national championship since 1890. It was a little bit different than the 1980, Ooh. but it was it was still dating back. Um, I don't know the answer to this. Let's say uh, six. Um, two in the SIAA. As everybody cool. remembers, and then zero yeah. zero is a member of the Southern Conference. There you go. Uh, all right, last one. This is from uh, Matthew Mockler. Mockler. Okay. Mockler um, wants to know: Nick Saban has lost thirty nine games as a head coach <laughs> in the SEC. Seven different head coaches have beaten him on more than one occasion. Name those coaches and bonus points. For who has the most wins against Saban, you should be able to do the most wins part. Although Miles it's, actually, you know what? and Malzahn have have multiple. They have the most. They're tied with three apiece. Miles Spurrier, Malzahn. Okay, yep. Urban Meyer has two. Dabo Swinney has two. Uh, I already said Gus Malzahn. I know Houston Nutt has two. He had two the first the first year he was at Arkansas. Um, Tommy Tuberville has two. Actually, he has multiple because he beat. He beat him in 2007 at Bama, and then he beat him at least once at, at Auburn. Uh, Hugh Freeze has two, um, and Mark Richt has two. I think you got all of them. Wait, you said yeah, Hugh I'm Freeze, sure right? You said Hugh yep. Freeze? Yep. Urban wasn't listed here. Is, well, he definitely did it. He yeah, he definitely did it. And um, he also beat him at Ohio State. Yeah, I, the question might have been, and this might have just been a wording thing, of uh, if they had beaten him while they were in the SEC. That would have been the only way. So, and I don't think Urban did beat him when he was in the SEC. But but also... Twice, you mean. Yeah. Because he, he lost to him in 2000... No, no Urban, Urban did. Urban, no, because he wasn't there in 2006. Because Urban beat Bama in 2006. He lost him in 2005. Beat him in 2006. Beat him in 2008. Lost him in 2009. And he only beat him in 2008. So yeah, he beat him so he's, wow, he was really bad against Bama. Wow, kind of. It's like I guess Bama owns Urban Meyer. I guess you could say. Makes you wonder. Makes, Makes you wonder. You wonder. Um, all right, you. is that it? Yes, that is that is all we have today. Guys, thank, thank you. you. If you if you were one of the people that sent in questions about college football questions, <laughs> thank you so much. And if if you are someone that that threw out obscure crap just to stump me about, I don't know, it's off the top of my head, just not even a real example, gymnastics. Um, maybe Everybody sends just... in so many questions. We had to slip in the one about that. That's all. Unbelievable, Amber. Let's go back to arguing about stuff on, on Facebook. Let's Love do you it. Mean it. We have a very, very good, a very long, it just meant more, that will be coming out on Sunday. Seven overtimes. The clipped version of that with the, with the commercials taken out is three hours and 51 minutes. <laughs> Seriously, I got to watch that today? You haven't watched that yet? Oh man, you got a lot of homework. I told you I got through the fourth. I got to the fourth quarter and the power went out. So I'm like, we're halfway there, baby. Overtime's like an hour. The overtimes itself are like an hour and a half with the commercials taken out. Craziness. I gotta go. I'm sweating. Godspeed. We will talk soon. Tommy Tuberville. What do we need to remember? Oh, Tommy. Talk to you guys soon.